The Seattle Kraken have almost expired all of their firsts in their inaugural season, including, of course, the highly anticipated opening game at Climate Pledge Arena. The Kraken has officially been released. But as we can tell from the 4-2 loss to the Vancouver Canucks at home, it is now time to unleash the Kraken. We're going to talk about all that and more on this episode of Locked on Kraken. You are Locked on Kraken. Your daily podcast on the Seattle Kraken. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We are the Seattle Kraken. Hello, Seattle hockey fans, and I hope you are still excited about the official home opener for the Seattle Kraken at Climate Pledge Arena. In case you missed it, the Seattle Kraken retired number 32 in your honor. If you are a fan of the Seattle Kraken, that's right. You were a part of the very one of the very first things that the Seattle Kraken did, and they raised the number 32 into the rafters. And I mentioned it. You can go check out Locked on NHL with Gil Martin. I mentioned it on that show for today that I thought it was great. I saw some people hating on it. There are a lot worse things that you can do to honor a fan base and to do so on opening night. Congratulations to the fans. Congratulations to the Kraken. Stick taps to all of you. And again, thank you for making Locked on Kraken a part of your fandom a part and making it a part of your first listen of the day. You're grabbing your Seattle coffee from your favorite place or maybe driving to an ice rink yourself. Thank you so much for listening to Locked on Kraken. Now, you probably heard me, and I want to say it again so, so we get it right. We've been talking so much about release the Kraken, release the Kraken, release the Kraken. I'd say the Kraken is all but released. But now it's time to unleash the Kraken. Unleash the full potential of this team. And there's mixed opinion, both as far as the beat writers and even the Seattle Kraken team themselves, as to whether they are on track to unleash their full potential. So we're going to go over that on today's show. But in case you missed the home opener, the first ever home goal was scored by defenseman Vince Dunn in the waning seconds of the first period of the first ever home game for the Seattle Kraken. After that, we saw another defenseman and your captain, Kraken captain, Mark Giordano, score the second goal both of those goals led to a Kraken lead, but unfortunately, once again, the Kraken were not able to maintain the lead. They end up losing this 4-2 to two on an empty net goal, which um, is what tallied again for four goals allowed by the Seattle Kraken. Um, obviously, Philip Grubauer does not, that, that fourth goal does not go against him, but the third goal... The go-ahead goal, Gruby talked about that post-game. It was one that he definitely wants back. Um, and so we'll start there. Grubauer feeling that he could have done better. Vince Dunn um, and feeling that he and his team 
could have done better. But then you had Mark Giordano and Coach Dave Haxtell a little bit more uplifting and, and took away more positives from the game. So who's right? Who's wrong? Well, maybe it's a little bit of both. I'll give you my analysis a little bit later in the game. But first, let me take you to a few experts. We're going to start from the team perspective with Allison Lucan, friend of the podcast, has been on the show before. And this article is called, for those watching on YouTube, I'll pull it up for you in just a moment, Measuring Progress in the Kraken Home Opener. And a lot of what was analyzed immediately following the game is that, well, let me go first to the, the beginning of the game. Before the game against Vancouver, I've talked about it on the podcast. It was all about getting in reps at practice. It was about getting the systems down and being able to execute them to proficiency and mastery in practice. So then it becomes a part of the muscle memory and take that into a game. But one of the things that Dave Haxtell said that he focused on was really being able to transition in and out of the neutral zone. So being able to defend upright when the, oppo the opposing team is coming in to the Kraken zone, but also being sharper with their passing. If you heard uh, the ESPN Plus broadcast, that was one of the things that the broadcasters, the announcers that were calling the game really nailed the Kraken and Vancouver at times at, but just the, the passing was not very crisp and sharp at times. Now, again, at, at moments in the game, it was spectacular, including in the first handful of seconds of the game, Yanni Gord gets a breakaway. And, you know, it was eventually uh, the Vancouver, you know, he didn't make anything of it, I guess is what I'm trying to say. But immediately, right away, we saw that the Seattle Kraken able to get some shots on goal. So, um, you know, Allison writes, the Kraken didn't take home the win, but they did demonstrate the ability to quickly address what needed attention. Um, and so here are some of the takeaways that Allison had. Um, and this is, again, something that Dave Haxtell said was the best 60 minutes the Seattle Kraken have ever played. Before we continue, I'd love to know, if you're watching, go ahead and type in the comment box on YouTube. Do you think this is the best 60 minutes we've seen from the Seattle Kraken? I'll wait. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, right now. Go ahead and do it right now. Go for it. Um, and if you're listening to the audio podcast, yeah, let me know on social media, at Locked on Kraken. Make sure you're following us over there. Let me know. Do you think this is the best 60 minutes that we've seen from this Seattle Kraken team? Did you do it? Okay, great. Thanks so much. Looking forward to the responses. Yes, it will be me responding. All right, so here's what Allison had to say, again, going off of Dave Haxtell and him believing that this is the best 60 minutes that we've seen from this team. Um, owning dangerous areas of the ice. According to naturalstattrick.com, in this game, the Seattle Kraken came close to tying Vancouver's overall shot quality in the first period in particular. I told you about Yanni Gord. There were a few breakaway chances here that the Seattle Kraken had, unable to capitalize on them. But um, in the five-on-five -five play, Seattle had higher danger shot attempts while limiting Vancouver to only three. What I want to add here is that on the broadcast, they talked a lot about the Seattle Kraken only getting about 24 shots on net, uh, on frame, 
in a, an entire game. I want to say by the end of the second period, they were already at that number. So there was definitely an emphasis, and we heard this at the morning skate and pregame, and then again postgame, that that was definitely something that the Seattle Kraken wanted to work on. Eventually, if you're taking more high danger shots, more high quality shots, eventually the law of averages, you'll start making those shots. So right now, a lot of people thinking that that's a good thing. So then Allison goes on to say that the team maintained a consistent rate of offense. In the final 20 minutes in five on five play, the Kraken created 53.43% of all unblocked shot attempts and 52.6% of all shot quality. So again, we're seeing that the Seattle Kraken able to get a look on frame, able to get the puck toward net, but ultimately they only got two goals, both of those coming from their defenders. Um, uh, Allison goes on to say that in the first five games on the road, of course, the Seattle Kraken were giving up chances off the rush and also allowing odd man situations for the goaltender to attend. Whew. I think it was Friday's show, right? Was it Friday's show, folks? Did you listen to Friday's show? Because I had a lot to say about this. I had a lot to say about defense. I got a little worked up, and I probably will again. But let's see. Did it get better? And we're going by the numbers. Analytics. Or did I say that right, Chanel? You got to let me know. Um, Allison in her analytics. Um in Saturday's game through two periods, the Seattle had allowed just one scoring chance off the rush and no odd man rushes, according to Sport Logic. That's better. That's definitely better. Um, and so the third period saw only one chance off the rush. It was also an odd man situation. That was the play that unfortunately resulted in the deciding. Okay, so I just talked about that. Um, Grubauer. Um, or excuse me, it was the tying goal that Gruby wanted back. Anyway, um, and so ultimately Demko, I talked about Demko, broke down his game. You also heard on the broadcast that could this be someone that we see for USA Hockey? If if we do, personally, after watching this game against the Kraken, although, you know, I'm this is a Seattle Kraken podcast, but if we get to see Demko for the United States, I, I'd, I'd be okay with that. Thatcher Demko um, looked good. According to EvolvingHockey.com, of the 10 best chances generated in the game, seven of them came off of Seattle player stick, but Demko turned them all away. So again, if you're watching on YouTube, let me show you this article. I broke it down for you, but I'd like you to take a look at this again. This is entitled, I'll scroll up for you, Measuring Progress in Kraken Home Opener. Didn't take home the win, but they did demonstrate the ability to quickly address what needed attention in underlying play. Allison Lucan. You are a legend. Thank you so much. Can't wait to have you back on the podcast. Yep, I'm putting that out. I'm putting that out there. But Allison Lucan, not the only person that had some thoughts about this game. And coming up next on Locked on Kraken, I want to take you over to the Seattle Times. 
another friend of the podcast, Marissa and Jemmy had some thoughts. Ryan S. Clark, Clark, excuse me, had some thoughts. And I want to tease another article that I hope we can get into, not this week, because for those who may remember, and if you kind of see my background, uh, I will be moving. I'll be on the road for most of this week. So, um, but I'll talk a little bit more about what you can expect this week later on the show. But for right now, I want to tell you about DirecTV Stream. I've mentioned it before, I'm getting ready to move, and I had to decide whether I wanted to do a brand new um, cable subscription or if there was some combination of streaming, making sure, of course, I prioritized getting ESPN Plus and all of this other stuff. Like, what the heck was I gonna do with, I, with what I already had? And DirecTV Stream is great because anything that I would need on, on network television, I can figure out with DirecTV Stream. So it's no annual contract, the last device that you'll ever need, all of your movies, all of your shows, and of course, all of your sports in one place. So make sure that you just get rid of the clutter, you unleash your clutter, and you get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. All right. As promised, um, I've already alluded to, um, or excuse me, as promised, uh, I want to go back now to the game. But before we get into some of the other writers and beat writers that broke down this game, and again, I think everyone, including the players, and we'll get to that in a little bit, had a difference of opinion about this game, and I'll, I'll leave you with my final thoughts. But um, before we do that, I want to go to the broadcast. I've mentioned it a few times. Um, I thought listening to ESPN Plus was fantastic. What I love about ESPN Plus, they're not sponsored. They don't sponsor me or the pod as far as I know. But um, <laughs> what I like is that you can go back and watch the games. I definitely had to go back and watch this game. Part of the reason I didn't go is because, again, I have you know some stuff I need to take care of here. And I was a little bit um, I was able to tap into a lot of what was happening, but I wasn't able to really sit down and watch this game. But I rewatched the game, loved the broadcast. Um, I've, I really thought what was cool, one of the, my favorite moments was that Sue Bird was in the house. For those who may not know, Sue Bird plays for the Seattle Storm. She is a four-time WNBA champion, and her banners are actually raised in Climate Pledge Arena, so she got to check those out. Decked out in Kraken gear, but I loved what the Seattle Kraken did because Sue Bird has contemplated, for the first time she said, seriously contemplated, retirement after this season. The Seattle Storm were ousted in the second round of the WNBA playoffs, losing to who would essentially be the runner-up this season in the Phoenix Mercury. Um, but Sue is not sure. She's not sure if she's coming back. And what I loved is that the Seattle Kraken took Sue Bird, not only gave her the full NHL experience, but also took Sue Bird to the locker room. I'm assuming it's the locker room where the Seattle Storm would be. So good job there. I'm thinking all, I, I mean, between the twins, as they're called, or the two monitors. So there's no scoreboard right and Jumbotron right above the, the logo on the ice. They're to the side. I think that's pretty cool. I told you about number 32 being lifted into the rafters. It's the first number for the Seattle Kraken franchise to be retired. Macklemore was there. Sierra and Russell Wilson were there. 
Um, I heard Anna Wilson was there. Um, it was a, it was a, uh, and of course, all of you who had a ticket, congratulations to you. I, I know I tweeted from at Locked on Kraken, let us show us your view. We had views ranging from quite literally around the world. So that was really exciting to see. But um, I thought the broadcast did a great job. And Sue, so Sue Bird's on the, uh, she had an interview with Emily Kaplan. And at one point, um, Emily Kaplan it, you know, Super must have seen Emily's monitor because uh, she's between the glasses uh, or between the glass, between the, the benches. And you hear that Sue Bird, Emily tells the story of Sue Bird saying, oh, is that Linda Cohn? I love Linda Cohn. So like Sue Bird fangirling over Linda Cohn. And then you have Tim Laiwicki from the ownership group gave this quote. I saw this tweet by Aaron Levine. The thrill of my week was Sue Bird. In awe of Sue Bird, it's one of the few times I've been struck because of her greatness and what a class act she is. That's Tim Laiwicki on Sue Bird. Um, and so this is over at Fox 13 Seattle. So I thought that was pretty cool. So the celebrities fanning over each other, enjoying the atmosphere. So that was pretty cool. Even though I couldn't be there, I think for a pretty good reason, I just love all of the love that was being spread around. Um, I do want to tease very quickly because I, again, was watching the game, um, but it was teased. I'm sure you saw this. It was teased that there is going to be a, a, a very intentional selection of the goal horn and the goal song, and our good friend of the pod, hopefully soon to be guest of the pod, and that was Ryan S. Clark, Ryan Soto Clark, writes, Fairy Horns and Nirvana as Kraken Open Climate Pledge Arena. Here's what you can expect to hear. And I'm just going to tease that. We're not going to get into it on today's episode because one, I've talked about it before. You've, you should know if you are a long-term listener, a devout listener to the podcast, that indeed it is Nirvana's Lithium that is the goal song, the ferry boat sound, of course, will be the horn, the goal horn for when the Seattle Kraken score. Now, here's the thing. I told you I listened back to the game and I was paying attention, paying close attention to see if I could hear either the horn or the song, you fans were so loud in Climate Pledge Arena, couldn't hear it. And I was trying really, really hard. I think maybe during Giordano's goal, during Gio's goal, I kind of heard it, but it was so loud in there. Everyone that was at the game, uh, from the players to the broadcasters talked about that. So again, stick taps to you for making it uh, a barn that a lot of people from Vancouver to the Seattle Kraken think is going to be difficult to play in. But all right, so it's going to be a difficult barn to play in, but how is the team going to perform? So I want to take you now over to the Seattle Times. We're going to talk about Marissa and Jemmy's overview of the game. In a game with conflicting high danger chances, Kraken makes strides where it wanted to. And that's a good sign. So Marissa and Jemmy talking about um, this game. 
even in a 4-2 defeat on Saturday night, even with its second-blown third-period lead of the season, that the Seattle Kraken was able to do nearly all of uh, their main tasks for 60 minutes is a sign that it has the ability to improve. So what are those three things? I'm paraphrasing Marissa's um, piece a little bit here, but it opens with, uh, it was about transition defense, neutral zone play, and the ability to limit scoring chances. So overall, some improvement. Was it enough to get the win? No, but some improvement. Entering Saturday, the Kraken had not a single period without allowing a high danger chance. That's a scoring chance or shot attempt underneath the circles and close to the net. All right, just for those who need, I love that Marissa gives that to you. Uh, they hadn't done that. Um, they hadn't had a period where they didn't give up high chance and high danger shots all season. They finally did that in their first period against the Canucks and held them to just two high danger chances all night. Um, so here's what Haxtell said. It was probably our best third and probably our best 60 minutes of the year. Allison Lucan's story alludes to that, but here's the quote. Um, and that's pretty much what Dave said. It was a pretty even first period. Thought we were able to tilt the ice a little bit in the second period, which is what you want to be able to do against a team at the end of a road trip, that being Vancouver. We were able to do that in the third period. After getting the lead two to one, we had three or four great chances to extend it and couldn't do it. But here's where things get interesting. Because Vince Dunn felt that there was a little bit of an internal fire that was lacking, that was subdued by this team. I think it's more concentration and more competitiveness. We have good waves and then we let off a bit and we give other teams a little bit of the momentum. Yeah, it's disappointing. Like I said, I think we're competing. We're trying to do the right things, but maybe sometimes, maybe trying to do a little bit too much at times. I think when we're fastest, we're predictable out there making the game easy on each other. This is interesting. Vince Dunn obviously dejected, um, you know, was able to appreciate the historic aspects of the game. But when asked about the game was pretty critical of the team overall and of his performance, although he was one of the goal scorers. And I, I think this is interesting, the piece about trying to do a little bit too much at times because when I was reporting in New Jersey, I actually asked Mark Giordano. I asked him, you know, what do you need to do in practice to overcome a little bit of that? And he felt that the team was gripping their stick a little bit too much, almost trying too hard, wanting it too much. So the Kraken has been released, but has it been unleashed? Has this team been able to figure out how to truly control their game? And what do I mean by unleashed? Well, if you think about it like this, if you have usually a dog, right? You put that dog on a leash or, you know, I've talked to you about my mom's puppies before. They're being crated and there's all kinds of things that you do with a new puppy or just a new dog when you introduce them into a new environment. What does it mean to be a defender for the Seattle Kraken? What does it mean to be a forward for this, a center, a goalie? You have to establish that this is a brand new team with a new head coach. And so the expectations are being built from the bottom 
up. Um, and I suppose also from the top down, because Ron Francis put together this team as the general manager. So now what does it mean to have these players know the system and, and have they perfected it? I'm not quite sure that they have. So the first step is knowing and understanding the system. The next step now is being able to at will execute the system. But I asked Dave Haxel this also in training camp. It was right before their first preseason game. And in a preseason game, you have an idea and a concept, but you can't expect the systems to be within your bones. And I asked, you know, so what are you expecting? Do you want to see them perfect the system or do you want to see them play their game? And at the time, he said, yeah, of course, I want to see them really go for the systems, but they got to they're, they're hockey players. They got to play their way. I don't know that the Seattle Kraken have figured out that balance of knowing the system in and out, through and through, not to mention, and talked about this on Friday, but the lines changed again for good reason. You get more people back into the lineup, but the lines changed yet again. So I don't think it's realistic to expect that this Seattle Kraken team has their systems down packed, that they are muscle memory at this point. And so they can't be completely unleashed. They're still in that training part. And so what will it take to unleash the Kraken? Well, I have one more beat writer that we're going to um, analyze their analysis from the game. And then I'll give you my final thoughts coming up next on Locked on Kraken. But uh, first, let's talk about Built Bar. I told you we got the blueberry muffin flavor into the household, but I'm, I'm planning on a, a road trip. I'm planning this road trip. I'm planning a move. And so there are these energy packets that were sent to me a while ago, and I was waiting for a, a good reason to use them. And so I'm going to be really excited to report to you um, how these energy boosting, you know, you kind of those packets that you put in 16 ounces of water. I'm really excited for that. But as with everything um, from Built Bar, we're talking amazing flavors. One of them is uh, like a blueberry pomegranate. It already smells amazing. The powder smells amazing. I'm really excited to let you know how it tastes. There's a more traditional lemon lime, just like the more traditional nine original flavors, like cherry barcia or strawberry, orange, double chocolate, which is my personal favorite. Um, and then every once in a while, you get a fun flavor. You know I'm going to mention it. You know I'm going to mention cookie dough chunk. I also found one of the churro marshmallow, the churro puffs. So the puffs additions come with marshmallow in addition to being covered in chocolate, like all of the Built Bars. So I'm going to have a pretty fun time experimenting with some more Built Bar product. But if you want to check out Built Bar, we have a promo code for you. You're going to use LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. That's LOCKED15 for 15% off your next order at Built.com. And there's so many uh, delicious flavors. If you want to try a little bit of all of the nine flavors, try the mixed box. You get two of each of the nine original flavors. You know you're getting four to five carbs, um, net carbs per bar. You're getting four to five grams of sugar, anywhere from 130 to 150 calories overall, and it's packed full of protein. Built Bar, a sponsor of us here on the Lockdown Network, and the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. All right, folks, let's get into it. We're getting close. 
I'm not going to leave this show without giving you my analysis. So we'll do that in a little bit. But first, I, I think this is a, a pretty, pretty good summary of, um, of how I feel. Uh, Ryan S. Clark tweeted his story and said, you know, how did this game go? I guess it depends on who you ask. And it's Kraken lose inaugural home opener as further third period struggles reflect late game dynamics still under construction. So um, we see that um, Ryan essentially in his piece right here is talking about perspective. Um, Haxtell and everyone else were direct, direct about what needed to be done. It was about making the necessary changes in transition to ensure that those sequences would be more of a strength rather than a weakness. And we're talking about, again, in and out of the neutral zone. First of all, we settled things down a little bit in the neutral zone in terms of the way we approached our neutral zone play, Haxtell explained. Mostly just mentality and attitude of the players. We talk about having five guys in the picture going both directions. We did a pretty good job tonight. So he's talking five on five. And remember, Allison talked about the five on five battle and how this was a, an improvement for the Seattle Kraken by the analytics. We did not give up a whole lot of the off the rush. Also something we talked about in the first block with analytics. The last goal, the game-winning goal, was off a rush. But like I said, that was a bounce. Nothing really more than that. And then Ryan S. Clark writes, again, perspective. But Dunn, um, again, saying that there's more that needs to be done. Nothing is going to be perfect. It's a fast game. So when things go wrong, there has to be someone out there to protect your teammates. I've talked about how Dunn is one of those people that does it and mixes it up. I think we are trying to do a lot of the right things. It's going to come together. We have to work for our bounces. And once we do that, the rest will take care of itself. So finding that equilibrium, playing the odds of doing the right thing, and eventually things will fall into place for this team. So for me, did I think this was the best 60 minutes for the Kraken? It's hard to say. I, when I heard that, my immediate reaction was no. Looking at some of the data and some of the reporting, I can understand why after seeing the analytics that there's a, a case, a data case to be made. But I've told you once, I'll tell you again, I'm an eye test type of person and I tend to, I'm leaning a little bit more on what Vince Dunn is saying here. Because... And maybe I'm just a little bit more of a, of a hard ass, but the, the neutral zone, cleaning up the neutral zone and limiting chances in high danger areas whilst also improving high danger chances for the Kraken, those things should have been better. You know why? Because they had time to practice them. And so what that tells me is that Giordano and a lot of the other people, Dave Haxtell, when they said they needed more practice, they were telling the truth. Now, they didn't have many more practices, and they only hit the ice in one full practice before opening up at Climate Pledge Arena. But eye test tells me that, yes, it, the positives are they practiced and they got better at things that they needed to improve. But I'm with Vince Dunn, that some of the things that happened in that game 
should have been things that the team could have controlled whether they had practice or not. So it's an interesting time. I've told you I'm not going to give a full assessment of the Seattle Kraken until we get through this first month at least. But we're almost there. And to unleash the Kraken and to reach some of our next firsts, first home win, first winning streak, and eventually and ultimately what I said, again, in my bold prediction needs to happen, their first playoff appearance, they need to hunker down. They need to get better. They need to be more focused. I will say that. And so I'm I'm agreeing with Dunn. It's not that I disagree with Gio or Dave Haxtell, but my mind immediately went to what Vince Dunn said, that they've got to be better. Gruby said it too. He knows one of those goals he let up was soft. Is it going to happen? Sure, of course it happens. But the spotlight is on the Seattle Kraken right now, for better or worse, baby, for better or worse. We certainly take the for better, right? Everyone's release the Kraken. Everyone's got Seattle Kraken circled on their calendars and the sales for merch are going up. And all of that is great. But that is not what makes a championship team. And my bold prediction for those who don't remember is over on our YouTube page. I'll link that up here somewhere. My bold prediction is that this Seattle Kraken team will win a Stanley Cup before the Golden Knights. And for that to happen, it's not enough to release the Kraken. We have to unleash the Kraken. And I think that's what Vince Dunn was getting at. But we will talk about that more. Again, I have some um, interviews with Sharon Nyree Williams and Blake Bolden coming to you this week. So those will not be an analysis type podcast like this one. We've already recorded those. They are fantastic. They will be up on YouTube and anywhere you listen for, to podcasts, absolutely free. We thank you for making Locked on Kraken your first listen of the day, and you won't regret it this week in particular. Uh, a few other things. I have a segmented piece from Trey Matthews talking about Everett Fitzhugh, who made his radio debut. Remember, he was impacted by covid just like some of the players and staff, Ryan S. Clark has another fantastic article on that. And so Everett, congratulations to you. And in honor of Everett making his first radio appearance in the regular season, I have Trey Matthews from Locked on Devils talking about his relationship with his mentor, Everett Fitzhugh, and what that means as a black play-by-play play -play, play excuse me hockey analyst. So that's going to be a lot of fun. That will be up on YouTube. And I will also make that audio available. That, that will be more of a bonus. And then make sure you're following Locked on Kraken. I've told you this last week a few times. I told you at the top of the show, I'm going to remind you because we have a game. We have games coming up this week. I will be on the road, but I will make sure to tap in on social media to give you what we call locked on nows or our post-game analysis. So if you want more of whether I think the Seattle Kraken has moved to release the Kraken, to unleash the Kraken, you're going to have to follow us on social media. Those will also be uploaded probably the next day on YouTube. Thank you, as always, for making Locked on Kraken your first listen of the day. I cannot overstate how much fun I'm having doing this podcast. I hope you're having an enjoyable time watching and listening. But I am your host, Erica Lindsay Ayala. As I get ready to move and I reset my backdrop, 
make sure that you are making Locked on Kraken a part of your routine. We are going to move from release to unleash, and we're going to talk about it right here. But now that you've listened to your first listen of the day, go head over to Locked on Fantasy Hockey. Now we've got our experts there that are ready to get you in a good position, not only to be prepared for your fantasy hockey season, but to win it all. And just like everything else, those episodes are absolutely free to all listeners. And Lockdown Fantasy, our Lockdown Fantasy shows have been killing it for basketball and hockey. So stick taps to them over there. But I am your host of Lockdown Kraken, Erica Lindsay Ayala, reminding you to hold fast, stay true, and let's go Kraken.